Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This podcast is a little different. It comes to you out of a land cruiser as we were moving between Mound, Botswana, and a concession called NG41, which is called Mababi. And I was driving with one of the concession joint venture owners, uh, Johan Karlitz, and a scientist out of Botswana called Christian Winterbach. And I just wanted to have an initial conversation between Johan and Christian just to talk through wildlife, wildlife conservation, sustainable hunting, perspectives, perceptions, any science tied to wildlife conservation and hunting in Botswana. And it's a fascinating, fascinating conversation. Christian specifically brings some data and science and insight to the table that I think is fascinating. And you hear from Johan on the ground of what's happening or what he's seen over the last couple of years as it pertains to NG41 and the greater hunting uh, collective that's occurring here in Botswana. So enjoy. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins, and that reason is simple, is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my is... Name. <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. So Garokwe is a ecotourism photographic place. Yeah, that, that's correct. For years, it was a, a hunting area. And uh, 
when uh, the lease ran out for that 15 years, they uh, changed it uh, into photographic areas. It's uh, three different zones uh, where ours is exclusive. And then there's a zone number three, which is not exclusive. Uh, and then there's zone number one that are just around the communities about the villages and, and stuff like that. So it used to be hunting? It used to be hunting. We hunted there up until 2013. And so why did it, it, it convert it because of the ban in 2014? Uh, partly because of the ban, but also because the whole delta was declared a Ramsar site. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's partly the reason. And uh, Christian, you must help. Eh? You can hear what we say. <laughs> um, so that's a photographic place um, everything's there Big Five uh, there was the Big Five uh, then the, the rhino oh no rhinos left they e were poached out right e yeah uh, they were they were poached badly and then you know the director and our president reckon it would be better to dart them and move them to a farm in Hansi okay Hansi is about 400 kilometers from here, right behind us. Gotcha, gotcha. So, th the so this 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 place here, right? For in terms of wildlife conservation in Botswana, for ecotourism and hunting. Y uh, yes, uh, y uh, like for example, now where we go to now on NG41, there's uh, ecotourism uh, and there's hunting. Uh, and that that have been like that uh, for the last 23 years. Is it the longest, correct me if I'm wrong here, NG41 is the longest standing community concession in Botswana? Uh, actually, NG32 is. Okay. Uh, that's the one on the left here. Uh, that, that's uh, the ecotourism? Uh, yeah, that, that was hunting and, and ecotourism. I had three zones there. Okay. Okay, the middle zone... And when did you start there? Uh, I started there, what, Christian was 96 or uh, 95, 96. What was happening before 95, 96, Johan? Uh, they didn't hunt there at all. But was there an it ecotourism operator in there? No, no. Nobody there was, was nothing? There. Nothing in there. Nothing there? Yeah. Uh, that was a time when there were big changes, uh, when they replanned the whole thing. They had massive concession areas. Hold on two seconds. We're going to have to give you a headset. Get yeah. a headset out of that bag right there. Because Christian's going to want to chime in here all the time, and yeah. people are going to be like, Robbie, why don't you give him a bloody headset, man? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Okay. Let's do this. Let's organize it. Just grab a headset, stick it on your head, Christian. Uh, yeah. Christian, can you just see whether the guys are behind us? I see one cruiser. Uh, they're both there. I okay, can see both. both. Okay. Yeah. Slots, boys, and whatnot. Whilst we're waiting for Christian to pull another headset out there. Johan Karlitz, why don't you introduce yourself, please? Uh, my name is Johan Karlitz. I am a professional hunter uh, in Botswana for many, many, many years. But uh, I also do both part of the tourism industry, which is the consumptive and the non-consumptive. And uh, understand both parts quite well. 
and uh, we're about to get Christian on the online right here. You can hear me? I can't hear. I can't hear you though. Let me see if I can. I need to. I need to probably stop recording and then stop. All right, now can you hear us now? Uh, I can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you perfectly. Yeah, okay, good. And just to give everyone context, right now we're driving. We just left the tarmac. We're on a dirt road. We're on the dirt road for the next two hours, right? Two, Correct. two, fifteen, and uh, we're in. We're heading north from Mound. Mound is not the capital of Botswana. Gaborone is the capital, right? Th that's correct, yes. Mm. But Mound's the closest destination to the Delta, probably most of the ecotourism and hunting operations in Botswana. Would you that, say that's correct? That, that's correct. There's little in Kasani, but uh, this is the biggest hub for, for, for photo tourism and hunting flying into Mound Airport. Yeah, 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 yeah. Christian, you want to introduce yourself? Now that we've got you hooked up. I'm Christian Winterbach, a wildlife researcher. And I've been working in northern Botswana for more than 25 years. Dr. Winterbach, right? Yes, for formal occasions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, only my undergraduates called me Dr. Kroger. And the cameraman, I tell the cameraman, they have to call me Dr. Kroger. <laughs> or Professor. I have a friend that likes to call me Dr. Leudrol. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Johan, let me ask, and, and currently today, Christian, what do you do as a, as a day job? Uh, a couple of different things. Uh, one of them is maintaining some long-term monitoring in two concessions. One of them, the Mababe area, and one to the south of that. Okay. And also working with Johan with the Mababi community and then doing some uh, consulting work relating to tourism every now and then to pay the bills. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Johan, let me ask this question and probably most, maybe, you know, I like to hit hard with, with hard questions and controversial questions. Um, you're in the ecotourism and hunting business. What, what generates more revenue for communities from your business perspective, or maybe even writ large here in Botswana? Uh, that, that's a very, very good question. Okay, in the past it was hunting because you would have, for example, AG32 and uh, 75% of the whole block uh, was hunting. So the benefits of the meat, the benefit of the price of the elephants, the quota, all benefited hunting uh, or the community more uh, than photographic. But now what they do lately is they, they cut the block up in, you know, let's say four or five different zones. Okay. Uh, and then they charge high prices like four million uh, pula annually. Well, who's charging who's charging four the, million the, the pula? The government. They're charging four million pula for what? Uh, for the right to have a photographic area and do photographic excursions there. So that's the concession fee. That's the concession fee. And then the government also gets resource royalties uh, from that photographic camp. Is that, does that photographic camp 
need to give a percentage of its revenue back to the community? Well, directly, the, the lease go to the community. So that four million pula goes to the community. Okay, it goes yeah. to a trust, yeah, I assume, or something like that. It goes like to that. a trust, yes. Okay. So let's say, for example, uh, in, in in this case, uh, in NG32, um, if you have four zones, then basically four zones <laughs> each have to give that money to the community for rental. You have two types of concession areas. Okay. Uh, you have commercial concession areas where the money goes to the regional land board, which is basically regional government. And then you have the community-based concession areas where the concession fees are going directly to the community plus all the jobs at the lodges in the area. Okay. So what would be a con? So you said the four million pool is at the concession fee for NG thirty two, annually. Yes, annually for one for <laughs> one zone. So if there's oh, there's only how many zones in NG thirty two? Okay, at this moment there's four zones there. Do you run all four zones? No, sir. I did in the past. I did run all, but now they've they've given it to four different operators. Okay. The. So let's switch to NG41. NG41, you've got all the zones in NG41? I had all the, all the zones. Okay. Uh, presently, uh, none of the new leases are signed. So legally, you can still hunt the whole area except zone 2. two. Right. That's the only one you, you, you cannot hunt. So with the new leases, what is it going to look like? Okay, with the new leases, there's going to be Zone 1, which is the community area. Uh, some activities will be done there. Then we've got Zone 2, which is a photographic area. and uh, No hunting allowed. No hunting allowed there at all. Nor would you want hunting, right? No, nor would we want hunting right. uh, uh, there. But uh, sadly, the... Uh, the guy that did the management plan, uh, let's say the scientist or researcher or whatever, uh, he didn't see the area from somebody that's been there for 22 or 23 years. He's seen the area as a theoretical thing from his desk and he messed a lot of things up because in that zone 2, which should have been, you know, an uh, exclusive area. He allowed 18 vehicles from the trust to drive around there, and they paint, pay no lease to that zone at all. Christian, can you go in there a little bit? But, but, but Christian, the question to you, though, yes. should the trust have to pay? Because it's essentially their, it's their community, their land, right? Okay, um, how it's working is that the zone has been dedicated as a photographic zone with uh, multiple users. Okay. So you have the photographic lodge that's paying a lease fee. Okay. And then you have the community campsites and they have allocated a total of... 
22 vehicles to that zone to do game viewer vehicles, so no self-drive tourism. So, it, like, someone like me could go from Mound, drive myself in my four-wheel drive, I could get a campsite, is what you're saying. Yes. And then I could pay for a game drive Yes. through the community, but I could also, you know, buy a game drive through your, yours, Johan, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of things happening with big question marks currently. So there's operators that now have been allocated some of these campsites and some of the vehicles. And the wheeling and dealing involved there is not currently very clear. Gotcha. So zone one community, zone two photographics, and then there's... Two other zones, I think you said? Yeah, zone three again is photographics, and then zone four is uh, consumptive. Yeah. And zone three is exclusive use, it's, so it's only the lodge there. Gotcha, gotcha. Is there, so NG41, there's enough abundant wildlife to support, you know, two zones essentially of, of photographics? Uh, and there's enough demand for it? Well, the. It, it, it's exclusive. Zone 3 will be exclusive. Know, exclusive. Right. Exclusive use. It will be a four or five star lodge. Gotcha. Uh, uh, people are going to pay quite a lot of money, up to two and a half thousand dollars per person per day to overnight per person. And uh, it will be only they that pay that money that will be allowed to see the wildlife in that that zone yeah so of course the wildlife in that that zone is is, is by far one of the best wildlife best areas wildlife in 41 well in africa okay it's uh, it's just unbelievable uh christian you can uh just yeah. say yeah. a little bit about uh, what happened with the research in the filming last year and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, we have um, the Mababi Depression, which is a wetland area, and um, historically it dried up, it was only receiving water for sh short durations, but then in 2007 the water started flowing from the Kwai River into the depression and formed this big wetland, which is the only water available between us and the Kwando, the Nyanti, Chobi River system oh, really? in the north, yes. Mm, Apart from boreholes that's pumped at Savuti. You go east to the Zimbabwe border, which is over 300 kilometers, there's no permanent water there. And um, the other permanent water is the Ukavango Delta itself. So during the dry season, you have all the animals that are water dependent. All right, we're back to recording. So I have no idea where we ended up that conversation. Uh, so with Christian. Okay, should I start again? With yeah, I'll start again potential? with the tourism potential. Yeah. Okay, right. When you're looking at... Photographic tourism versus hunting. In Botswana, you do need to look at 
what is the potential for photographic tourism? The northern Botswana, uh, con oops, going in and out. Who you are? Something. Okay, there's back. Yeah, there you are. Okay. So, the northern conservation zone in Botswana consists of Chobe National Park, Muremi Game Reserve, Naipan and Makadikadi National Parks, and then... Uh, Mababi. Well, concession areas like Mababi. And all these areas do not have the same potential to do photographic tourism. Because of... There are diversity and density of wildlife, right? Diversity and density. And I did this analysis when they started talking about closing hunting. And we knew that the photographic companies said they're not interested in some of these areas because there's not enough wildlife there for them to do tourism. So the photo operators themselves of Botswana said, no, we're not going into that area. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to put any money on the ground. We're not going to do anything because the wildlife wasn't good enough. Yes. Well, can I just jump in there? Okay. Mr. Derek Dupé said that every single hunting area... This is 2014, when the ban was put in place, that's right? That's right. Yes. That every single hunting area will turn into a photographic area. And he also said that they will employ all the staff that have worked in the hunting areas in their photographic areas. And that never happened. But, you, but some areas did convert over to ecotourism, right? Well, the good areas. The yeah. good areas. Like NG32. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, in contrast to that uh, area, CT2 that Johan had... Um, was tendered three times for photographics and without success. Three times. CT2 was put up three times. Yes. Yeah. What is it today? Um, hunting. Now, hunting again, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so... And I the reason it was tendered three times is because nobody was interested in Ma putting up the concession fee. And, yeah, and the quality of the tenders submitted wasn't good enough. Okay. Uh, okay. So I, my question was, can I quantify this difference that people think there are, and can we use that as a tool for planning? What are we coming up to here? This is the sudden. buffalo fence. This is the buffalo fence. So this is the foot and mouth disease. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Stop area. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. cattle on this side. Cattle on the side. No livestock on that side. No livestock on that side. If livestock go over, they get shot. Gotcha. And okay. it's a double fence, it looks like. It's a yes. double fence, yes. You can see it here perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So the idea is that they don't have direct contact between inside and outside, but the elephants make that quite problematic. Because <coughs> they'll just walk they, through yeah. that fence. Yeah, they destroy it. Okay, so... I took the aerial survey data and for this whole northern conservation zone, which is uh, 76,000 square kilometers okay. times 2.2 if you want acres, um, it's massive. So I calculated from the aerial survey data the species diversity 
and also the biomass of wildlife in each grid square and took an average for four different surveys to get what is the potential. The potential for photographics. For photographics and based on that I could divide it into three categories. Uh, High potential, intermediate and low. Mm -hmm. So of that 76,000 square kilometers, 78% has a low potential for photographic safaris. Huh. Um, the other 22% has intermediate to high potential. And if you look on the map, that is where all the photographic lodges are sitting, is in these top areas. These top areas, right. Yes. And then I used the monitoring ground transects that we've done in four different areas, two uh, low potential areas and two high potential areas. And calculated from that, if you go on a three-hour game drive, what do you expect to see? Mm. So if you go in a good area like the Kuvongo Delta, you would expect to see... 10 to 12 different species of mammals on a three-hour game drive. And you expect to have a sighting on average every six minutes. Okay. You're also doing this in a scenic and diverse environment. It's a beautiful environment. Beautiful environment. Not not this. Not this thick bush, thick mapani scrub. Yes. You go out to the low potential areas like where we're currently driving. You're looking at long stretches of Mupani woodland or shrubs on the more clay soils. And mm-hmm. on the other soils, you have a lot of silver leaf terminalia. Yeah, terminalia cerusia. Yes. How's uh, that, huh? Yeah. Look yeah. at that, that remembering. Good. That's damn good. Just, just <laughs> while, while uh, we've got this little break now. Okay. Now, there's three photographic camps. There's going to be four with the one of uh, Chief Tawana. Mm. Uh, on the Gomoti River. Okay. And the Gomoti River is the only place where there's water. So mm. from the Gomoti River, for 30 or 40 kilometers all the way to the north, nothing is happening. Nothing. Nothing. Not a single thing. Look here. Yes. Yeah. So if you go on a game drive in these low potential areas, you expect to have a sighting every 30 minutes instead of every six minutes. Mm-hmm. And which means you have about five sightings on a three-hour game drive. And those five sightings is are likely the same animal or two, two well, or three species? Well, and the species is going to be consisting of either, probably going to have about three elephant sightings, bulls. Okay. Um, and the other two sightings will be either steenbok, kudu, or giraffe. That's the things that you are most likely to see. Okay. And then you're doing it in a not-so-scenic environment. As one guy said, it's uh, MBA country. What's MBA? 
miles of bloody Africa. <laughs> uh, and this whole thing is driven by the availability of perennial water for the water-dependent species. So in northern Botswana, we have perennial water in the Okavango Delta. Yep. We have it along the uh, river uh, Kwando, Linyanti, Chobi River system. Okay. And when the Kwai River started flowing permanently in 2007, it formed a wetland in the Mababi Depression mm. that's been there now without drying up again. Mm. So that is the main water sources. So from the Mababi to the Kwanda River, it's uh, 120 to 150 kilometers. Um, to the delta, you can follow the Kwai River back into the delta, but in some directions, it's about 30 to 40 kilometers. And if you go east, you go all the way to the Zimbabwe border that is over 300 kilometers from us without getting any perennial water. So let's just let's just expand that a little bit, right? So what is the what's the concession to the east of NG forty one? And assuming uh, again, just to set the scene here for me in my brain, NG forty one is Mababi. Yeah. Yes. NG forty one has, you know, as you've just described, Krishna and Johan, one of one of the ecotourism areas, photographic ecotourism areas in Botswana, that doesn't need hunting. There is a part, a vast majority of NG41, though, that does not um, hold the same diversity and density of animals. But I'm just going to assume for now that NG41 is a photographic area. We know it's not, but I just want to yeah. just set the scene. Yes. So the concession to the east is NG what? NG42. NG42. Yes. Yeah, it's called uh, Masami. And uh, it was also one of our concessions. Uh, now it's a, uh, a, a, a passage, a buffer zone between the Chobe and the other game reserve, uh, Christian. I forgot. Um, it. It's part of the Chobe is to the north and uh, Naipan, Naipan is to the south. To the south. So, there's, so in NG42, there's no hunting now? No hunting and then next one is Jeff. No hunting. Jeff. Jeff Rand. No hunting. There's no hunting no on hunting. his concession. No hunting in his concession. And then it goes to the tar road to CT2. There's hunting. So in a concession like NG42, and let's ex I want to explore this concession. It has been designated by the Botswana government as a non-consumptive use, a non-nothing use yeah. block, right? Great, yes. No wildlife, no livestock allowed in it either? No. No, it's, yeah. Okay, so I'm just setting, mm. I'm setting the, the stage here. No livestock. No livestock. It's a wild, dedicated to wildlife. Plenty elephants. Plenty elephants. So the communities that live in these areas really, if they, if they do put maize on the ground try and grow some sort of crop they're, they're, you know, they're fighting elephants there's no community from this road 300 kilometers onwards oh, there's, the no, there's yeah. not even a community no. in there because they know it's just impossible impossible, yes. impossible. It's, yeah, it's so, so really it's an area that even 
even if there was hunting, it wouldn't really benefit anyone. No. Except, and again, I'm going to sit, again, I want to be completely unbiased here. Except a a hunting outfitter that could make a profit. And provide jobs. And provide jobs. And government. And and prevent, and prevent. Because the lease fees for, that's a state land concession. So the lease fees for that goes straight to uh, Department of Lands. Okay. Um, which is part of government, and it goes into the government coffers. Okay. Uh, <coughs> so and yeah. they would, and you know, uh, did has NG42 ever been hunted? Yes, we hunted it. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to when you hunted it. How many people would you have employed at NG42? Uh, in NG42, we would have employed probably about 22 people. Uh, we established water holes. Uh, from the northern to the southern boundary and uh, maintain those water holes and the quality of uh, game has just become unbelievable buffalo stayed year round elephant stayed year round because you had provided water that's correct okay uh, so it, it was a, a, a damn good hunting area right now all that infrastructure that we put in was not utilized by government none no water there in that whole area but that's but that's normal that's normal that's normal yeah, right yeah, that would have yeah, been normal yeah. if you guys killed a buffalo and an elephant in that area um what would you have done with the meat back then we since there's no community there yeah we utilize the meat everything for the hunting camp yeah and then we dry the meat and take them into the town uh, and then uh, give our staff that were working for us. Can you sell, can you sell game meat here in Botswana? You can. Okay. Yeah. You can, yeah. You can, uh, but it has to be dried to go through that fence there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So there are areas in the marginal lands here in Botswana that have no people and... As we've just said, they have no people because there's no livestock allowed. No livestock. Too many elephants to even grow, be subsistence living. And so there's just no, and there's no water. There's yeah. uh, that's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. Like, you can't yeah. live where there's no water. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, and something that you shouldn't forget, because a lot of people assume that that's not good conservation land. But it's actually critical conservation land. Um, in Africa, most of the parks were selected where there were very high wildlife numbers, mm-hmm. which meant that you also had very high line numbers and spotted ahina numbers, mm-hmm. which impacted, that is the areas that cheetahs and wild dogs would avoid because of the competition with yeah, these with the dominant b- the big cats. cats yes. yeah, yeah. So... You, if you want to conserve the whole carnivore guild, you need a mosaic of high wildlife and low wildlife areas so that you have refuge areas for these subordinate carnivores to use. Yeah. It's also part of key migration routes for zebra and wildebeers going to Makati Kadi mm-hmm. and then uh, going back up to the 
uh, Chobe River. That's the one. It's a very, very long migration of over 300 kilometers. You have a migration going through these areas from the delta to Makadikadi and back for zebra. Right. Uh, so it's a very important conservation area. And it's also one of the very few large conservation areas left in Africa, which is making it a key area to maintain conservation. So yeah, it I might not be good for photographic safaris, even if you pump water and you build up the animal numbers, you're still driving through woodlands where you can't see more than 30 meters from the road. So you don't see the animals, even though they might be there. Let me, uh, let me ask this. So when you were hunting in G42, Johan, how many elephants were you given by the government? Uh, uh, 22. We started with very little. It was three or something in the beginning. Yeah, and in, you know, the... Uh, Talking about elephants, there's elephant dung right there. Yeah. Yes. No, this is a very, very good you corridor would, would for you, elephants. Would you, we wouldn't be surprised if we saw an elephant, right? Oh, oh no, we will not be surprised. We okay. will be surprised if we don't see yeah, one. Yeah, we'll oh, be really? surprised if we don't see one. Okay. Look here. Yeah, yeah. Broken branches. There's plenty of food, plenty of mopani. Plenty of mopani. Look, look at the destruction. Yeah. The um, so 22 elephants of a population in Botswana right now, you know, 130 we think, yes, 130,000, yeah, at least. But NG42 doesn't need to be hunted, there's no community really. The only reason someone would hunt NG42 again, let's be honest here for a second, the only reason you would hunt NG42 was increasing money for the government increase you know a business model economic business model for an outfitter um and jobs and jobs yeah and jobs mm. that's right and jobs yeah. now let's just switch back to ng41 for a second ng41 has the obviously phenomenal photographic tourism opportunity ability but there's also a large portion of it that isn't you know, it is the low potential, as you just described, yes. that is able to hunt. One of the things that you spoke to me about, Johan, was the people. There's 220 households in Mobabi. The community lives in NG41. The, the meat, the protein that comes from hunting gets delivered to the villages. Would, and, and again, these... These guys are living north of the buffalo fence, so there is no livestock. There is no protein. Are they allowed to have chickens? Uh, some of them will have chickens. There's a couple of dogs there, you know, but, but the chicken is just a chicken. Uh, but so I'm just around. trying to figure yeah. out, like, where would they get protein? They would out poach the it. Bush. Out the bush, right? They'd poach it. Okay, okay so r relatively, where would they get protein? Is either. They have money and the means to do a three-hour drive. Yeah, where they're road. not buying anything up there. Exactly. They go into town. That's where they buy it. Okay. okay. So it, it, it's, not, it's not meaningful. For now we have to ask the, 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 the question, who is in the village? 
Okay. It's only the young people, the old people, and people that are not fond of working. Okay. Okay, because all the other people are working to look after their families. So they're gone, they're working in the cities, they send stuff back, they send money back to the, that, to the village. Good, that's correct. All the, you know, all they will work in our photographic camps or our hunting camps. That's, the, that's where they will work in. So most of the young will work there. So what happened is when they closed hunting, there was no income. The poaching was horrendous. Horrendous. We have a movement and between Kwai and Mababi, they remove about 220 plus snares. Uh, we've got photos of lions that were snares, huh. hyenas that were snares, huh. wild dog that were snared. Wow. So, uh, because the, the protein source got cut off. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Have you seen that? Have you seen poaching come back down? Because oh, you started oh yeah. hunting in 2018, right? Yes, yes. We, we, could, we can see it very, very, very clearly. They're still poaching. Uh, like, for example, mm. just last week, Christian, I haven't mm. told you yet. Yes. Uh, Quibus uh, and, and, uh, and, and uh, Kim Nixon were there. Yes. And uh, two, those two guys from about Barbie Gate, mm. they came driving in. They were talking there. And then about a half, they went in, into that, uh, uh, you know, that road that goes back to Mababi Gate that we made. Yes. And we heard a shot. Mm. Quibbers jumped in the car and he found the tracks where they stopped and where they wounded the buffalo cow. And he found the buffalo cow. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, poaching. Mm. Uh, uh, meat. Now I'm going to say something to you. That's going to shock you. And course, uh, Christian will help me out here. One of the biggest problems we have in this country that will kill me for this is not the big game poaching, it's the meat poaching. Mm -hmm. and but meat uh, to sell or meat to, to feed sell. their families? Sell. To sell. Because sell, yeah. let's be honest here. Yeah. If it was meat to feed your families, would you have a problem with it? No, I would do the same. Yeah, we would all do the same. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it's for me to sell. So uh, it is one of the biggest trades here. It, it, it was fishing a while ago, and, and now it's back to meat poaching and all yeah. gets smuggled to uh, the cities. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a quick correction. Uh, the hunting reopened in 2021. 2021 yes okay so it was closed from 2014 till 2020 it was supposed to open in 2020 but COVID prevented that's that. right that's right i remember that now i remember that now so seven years essentially it yeah. was closed yes. yeah so from after they closed it we could see how the animals started getting skittish and start running when they saw a vehicle Mm. as the poaching pressure increased and now it's starting to calm down and you can approach the animals a lot better than... Even in the photographic well. areas? Especially in the photographic area, yes. So it wasn't really it wasn't really discriminatory, right? It was they, they snared and poached everywhere. Where it's the easiest. How well they, they love to do this area 
breaking. Okay, uh, lost sound. Yeah, no, I got him back. Okay, okay. It's, it's being poached badly, still. Uh, Tico Magnat, did the paper, when was that, Christian? Uh, I think 2018. 2018. Have uh, you got the figure of what he said? How many animals is poached a year, approximately? It is a staggering amount. I have the article. I will find it for yeah, you. Yeah, please send it. Something like 19,000 animals in the Delta. During a during when? A year. Oh, a just generally. Yeah. Just generally. Yeah. Generally, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but it was a shocker. Nobody yeah. realized that there was that massive uh, bushmeat trade going on inside Botswana. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, one of the things that I think we often as hunters and hunting community, we get a little wrapped around the axle on is that, you know, raw, 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 hunting, 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 hunting is the best. It has its place. But it's not the panacea. Correct. Correct. No, I mean, that, I think that is the example of Botswana is there are areas where photographics provide all the jobs, all the financial motivation to maintain it as the land use. Financial uh, motivation being the key point here. Yes, yeah. And then you have these other areas that have low potential for photographics where hunting is the only way that you're going to have some economic activity. Some in those let's, let's use the same terminology. Yes. Financial motivation. Financial motivation. Right. And it was driven home for me when uh, vets said to me it was three years after the ban came in place and he was in a meeting where they were talking about cattle and there were government uh, veterinarians there and everything and they actually started talking about CT2 and those areas saying those areas are not used for anything we should put cattle in there huh. um, so if you don't have at least some form is of... Is CT2 north of the buffalo fence? Yes, and that's the one area that Johan had. That's the same one that was on tender. So they were strongly considering moving the buffalo fence to put some sort of financial motivation on the land. Well, that is was the implication of what they were saying. And right. you look at the local person's perspective, there's all this massive chunk of land... And there's nothing happening there. Sure. Um, and he wants to have more cattle to make well, a living. Same thing as NG42, right? Yeah. So, to me, the question is uh, not to hunt or not to hunt. That's not the question. To me, the question is what do we need to do to maintain wildlife as the primary land use? Some areas it's photographic. Yeah, that's a great question. What do you need to do to maintain wildlife yep. as the primary land use? Yes. And that's one of the things is how you phrase the problem has a big influence on your outcomes. Yeah. And if people ask the question to hunt or not to hunt, they're not addressing the long-term issue of conservation and maintaining ecosystems. Which at the end of the day, I think this is, and this is where I think 
you know, it's it's almost it's almost comical at times that you would say that hunters, hunting outfitters, maybe hunters is 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 too strong a term because I don't think you know a client coming to Botswana is very much interested in that wildlife conservation panacea. Let's be honest, right? But you, Johan, as you operate the area, is are interested in that hunting, as that wildlife conservation panacea. You want to see more wildlife. You yeah. want to see healthy wildlife. Correct. The photographic people do the one, they want the same thing. Correct. Even if they're anti-hunting. Correct. So we all want the same bloody thing. Correct. It's just making sure that every tool in the toolbox is available. Exactly. To achieve that that uh, that outcome and that goal. Correct. I Correct. think that is something that a lot of people don't even consider is, yes, hunting can impact on wildlife populations, but it's the one thing that's impacting. elephant tracks. Yeah. yeah. It's the one potential impact that's the easiest to manage and prevent. Huh. There's a lot of other impacts that you can't control. Loss of land, yeah. changing of land use, right. conflict with people where they share the landscape. Those things is very difficult. Having some offtake that is sustainable is the easiest thing to get and to maintain and to help with conservation. Yeah, and the, the amount of money that's brought in, again, you... You know this, and maybe this is a good question for you, Johan, if you've ever calculated it. Um, let's use NG41 as an example. How many tourists do you need in NG41 to make up the same amount of money that a hunter is spending in NG41? You would need a, a full camp for six months of the year, chock and block, to make that same money. So Namibia, they've done the calculation of Namibia. It's 77 to 1. Wow. 77 ecotourists to the money that one hunter brings in. Wow. Yeah, I think here in Botswana it will be slightly less. Yeah, because you've got very expensive camps. Yeah. Very expensive camps. Um, but also you have a hunter or maybe two hunters sharing camp coming in and they typically go on a two-week hunt. Correct. So you have two bodies driving around with one vehicle in an area. They're covering a lot of area, uh, driving around. Um, so for that same money... I'll tell you what, that would be such an impressive infographic too. Let's take two weeks, mm. two hunters. You, Two weeks, two hunters, one land cruiser. How much money is generated by those two hunters... And then say, okay, two weeks, in the same period of time, how many tourists are in the same area with how many land cruisers going for how much money? Yeah. Correct. That, uh, that's what you need to look at. Yeah, we have the figures to be able to do that fairly quickly. Yeah. Yeah, well, NG41 would be the perfect one because yeah. it's hunting and ecotourism together. Yeah. Correct. That's why we're going there. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's fascinating, and um, as you can still hear, we're still on a dirt road. Still going to go for another hour on a dirt <laughs> yeah. road. 
Okay, can you see how many photographic cars None. Is, is around here? So we did see that one. I did see that Land Rover drive by. <laughs> that was open top that had people in the back. Where were they coming from? Okay, they were coming from a village from Sanquiu. <laughs> so they would have done a village experience. Yeah, so to a villagers or it comes from a camp with take them into the doctor or whatever. Yeah. This is a transit road that goes from Mount to Sankuyu to Mababi to Kwai. To okay. Kwai. So yeah. tourists use this as one access route into the northern parts of Muremi Game Reserve okay. and the Kwai area. Um, and we, we came through the buffalo fence, the road split, and so we took the right hand Oh, I side. saw that. The yeah. split, Muremi was to the left. The, yeah. the left takes you to south gate uh, of Moremi. Oh, gotcha. So you can do a circle drive if you continue on this road and go in a north gate you can drive back through the park oh, okay, on okay, that okay. road to back to Moen. Okay. Yeah, well, we appreciate your hospitality and um, I know there's, we've only just started but uh, yeah, it's a fascinating area and that's why we wanted to be here. We wanted to be able to tell the story unbiased, like this is what's happening here. Unbiased. It's, um, there's a, like Christian said, you know, there's, there's a place for everything uh, yeah uh, I, I just think what 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 we don't need is people that are sitting judging but they have not been in this continent at all right come see it yeah come and see us come see it come yeah. and see us you know normally when I get in you know at, at, at where we are with people uh, a party and uh, one or other time it comes out that I'm a hunter yeah and then you get very few times negative but when it's negative it's people that doesn't know yeah and uh, and they're also emotional right because you hunt elephants it's that, an emotional that's, that's correct thing that's correct but uh, then I say to them okay, let me do this and I will pay for for everything. Come, we'll build you a mud hut in Mababi. <laughs> and come and stay there for a year in between the elephants. And then we talk again. Yeah. yeah. Then we ah, talk that's again. That's true. Yeah. The, the most extreme I had was when they were talking about closing down the hunting uh, lady that said um, that's very good and we said to her but there's a risk that you might lose this land going to livestock because there's no activity supporting wildlife as the land use and the answer was that's okay as long as there's no hunting Great. so she was yeah, willing well, to sacrifice she was willing populations. to sacrifice wildlife yeah. she knew more wildlife was going to die it was just the fact that we were removing the motivation of an individual to hunt. Yeah. Christian, if you uh, think about this in a, in a nutshell, if we take, we, we know that we approximately, what's that, 4,000 4, years Yeah, I mean, from the Christian times. Yes. Okay, approximately. I don't know, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. In the beginning, uh, when there was humans on this earth, the tribe had to eat. 
So somebody had to go and get some meat, bring it uh, to the tribe, so that the tribe can eat and can get schooled. So there were certain people that were good in schooling people. They sit all day long and they think there's people that go and hunt or go to wars to save that tribe. What do you have today in the world? If you're one of those people that go to war, they don't like you anyway. Mm. Because you're a warrior. When you hunt, they don't like you anyway. Because you kill. Okay, what do, do, what do they do? All they do is sit and think about one object. And that is with a little puppy on a, on, 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 on a lap. Going to the grocery store, buy a piece of meat, eat it, and doesn't have a fucking idea where it comes from. Zero. Mm-hmm. So we've got more people today that, I'm very sorry, that are useless. They don't have an idea. Yeah. They don't live the life we live. They don't live here with these people, what these people need. Yeah. Now what the people say is, wow, we didn't know hunting was going to come back. We would rather have hunting. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Well, thank you, Johan. Thank you, Christian. I know it's not the last time we'll talk about this, but uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate the hospitality. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Yeah. You're very welcome. Yeah. Um, just a quick fill in as well, talking about financial motivation to maintain wildlife. In Botswana, in the situation where about between 35 and 37 percent of the whole country is dedicated to wildlife as the land use. How much? How much percentage? Between 35 and 37 percent. So it's more than a third of the country is dedicated to wildlife. Gotcha. And conservation. And no country can afford to have 35% of the country being not economically active. Just there because wildlife is good. Yes. It would be great. It would be great, but it's not That's not, not reality. Yeah. Exactly. It's not reality. It's a good point. It's a good point. Thanks, Christian. Good. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly... Do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.